Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new podcast episode of Hooked on Sports. This is episode number 157 of Hooked on Sports. Thank you so very much for listening in once again. I hope you all had a, a wonderful break because, let's face it, we, we all needed a detox uh, and and some time off after a wild NFL season, uh, unlike anything we've seen before. So, we we, we have we, we definitely uh, earned that week off, but but we we are back and we have a lot of things to get into. I will make a couple of oh, I'm going to give a couple of takes on quarterback situations across the NFL. I'll get into. What I believe should happen with Derek Carr. What I believe should happen with Aaron Rodgers. I'll do that later on. I'll also give my view on where things stand in the Eastern Conference in the NBA. And and as, as the race to the playoffs uh, begin there, we have... Uh, the last... Uh, we have college basketball, uh, the March Madness with the... A conference tournament. It's most certainly at the um, at the um, so in in the non-power conferences are, are underway. We'll so we'll we'll get into some of the things I I've saw with college basketball over the weekend and where and how that share uh, pans out when we get to uh, the NCAA tournament, which begins in a in a couple of weeks. So we're gonna get into all three of those things later on, but. We gotta begin with the with the big news, it, uh, and th- and this comes out of of Major League Baseball. All right, so the big news out of Major League Baseball today is that the Major League Baseball season is now delayed, officially delayed. So, how did we get here? And let let let's take a let let's take a deep dive into all the things that happened in for us to be here today. So, uh, earlier on Tuesday, Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred announced that that because of the the, the lack of collective bargaining agreement, there will be a um a a, a, ca- a cancellation of the first week of games in the Major League Baseball season. And that and be- because of the failure to get to a collective bargaining agreement and and th- this is we've we've gone down this road before uh, across the the sport, and for the first time since nineteen ninety four, there the, there won't be any games uh, on the schedule of there will be regular season games canceled because of the uh, uh, of the of labor stoppage. And let's face it, for for decades, the distrust between the players and the owners ha- has rampantly increased, and. The bad faith shown by the owners in the 1990s labor mayhem where the World Series was canceled and the first part of 1995 season was was delayed it shows that that there is a great stain on one of the one of the great features of Americana and that is Major League Baseball and the the owners bear much of the blame uh, for the 2022 stoppage but let let let's be fair and objective to all the parties involved because uh, because what, what, when there's no labor agreement everybody loses owners players fans 
and and employees uh, that that are employed by the teams to work to, during the baseball season and and for all of the all of those uh, said parties said that they're going to lose money um uh, for, or for the fans perspective um n- not being able uh, losing interest in watching baseball so let, let, let's start with the owners because I said they, they blame uh, they have much of the blame here and the own the owners have uh, the the owners have um it's a, a bear much of the blame here but let, let's keep in mind though that major league baseball has had an antitrust exemption for 100 years now that thanks to a supreme court decision in 1922 that that gave them such an exemption but uh, but what that means is that they don't have to negotiate um, under under good faith clauses uh, unlike the, the the other leagues do so so, so, but that that's but that's what they've been doing over the last fifty years. They they've been uh th- there's been labor stoppage, uh, after labor stoppage, especially uh in the seventies and eighties, and then we had twenty five years of la- of labor peace uh, before the twenty twenty mayhem began, and the owners have gained a tremendous amount of revenue over the last twenty years, and until uh, until COVID struck in twenty twenty, where they only played a sixty-game season, and the the right the regulation though uh, the the league uses to to set a, a barrier onto how much a team can spend on a particular season is called the collective uh, is the competitive balance tax, uh, which, which is used as replacement of the the salary cap which which the other leagues use, and the t- and teams do get paid by uh, and they get their money on on. Raising prices on tickets, particularly um, premium seating tickets, and on concessions like food and beer, which in turn uh, dis- disillusions fans into going to the games. And in an age where you, where you'd probably spend twenty dollars on a, on a ticket and food um, at at a t- at a game has now turned into like eighty dollars for. Uh, for a single game, like for example, fifty dollars for a ticket, and then fifteen dollars for two hot dogs, and fifteen dollars for a beer. That 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 that's how much the prices have ha- have gone up because the the owners u- use the justification that that that, that f- fans will spend whatever uh, they want to go and, and see their favorite teams play, and but now when it, when it comes to the competitive balance tax. Let's take, for example, 2003, where the teams generated uh, combined $3.88 billion over the course of the season um, when, when it comes to selling tickets uh, and generating revenue of all kinds and all of that. The competitive balance tax, uh, which is the threshold, um, was $117 million in 2003. And... And when when you base it off proportions, um, it the, the, that represented three percent of the revenue generated by teams in two thousand three. Now now take twenty nineteen for example, where the competitive uh, base tax threshold was was two hundred six million dollars, and the te- teams generated ten point three seven billion dollars. The share of that base tax is just one point nine nine percent. Of the revenue pot, so 
if the portion of the competitive balance stayed the same from 2003 to 2019, the, comp uh, the competitive balance tax w would have been $297 million. Now, under the proposal Major League Baseball put out on Tuesday, the competitive, da competitive balance tax would only go up to $230 million in 2026. And if the 2003 proportion was used based off projection models, the tax should be at $366 million. And that's a $136 million difference. That's how bad of a faith the owners are showing in this process. Now, the players, trying to be fair, tried to compensate and compromise instead of the rate I just I just mentioned that they, they go up to only two hundred and sixty three million dollars, but they said no uh, to the final offer that included that featured the rise to just two hundred and thirty million dollars. Yet the owners keep spreading the lie that owning the baseball team quote isn't profitable. So why aren't the players get, get, getting getting the money like that? Are are some owners cheap? Yes, and I'll, and I'll touch on one of them with greater scrutiny in a little bit. Is love of money a factor? You bet it is. Is there, is there, is there, out of, is there a touch of reality or lack thereof a factor? Yes, a tremendous factor. The greed and irresponsibility of a few men with an inability to make hard choices and invest in fielding competitive teams has left the same teams uh, as perennial contenders and, and has taken away some of the integrity of Major League Baseball. And this, su such perennial contenders are like the New York Yankees, the LA Dodgers, and now the New York Mets under, under the richest owner, Steve Cohen, who actually want to win. And so those owners, I don't believe, are, are in, in the wrong on this. But they, I believe that they, they should have been more involved in the labor talks, I know Hal Steinbrenner, the Yankees owner, was part of the negotiating committee. But it's about the players are rightfully complaining they don't get their fair share and, and, and their, their share of the jar of money. And in fact, it's really gotten worse over the last 20 years and especially the last 10 or 11 years. But a sport that relied on, on continuity took such a devastating hit with the onset of the pandemic in 2020, so because of the government restrictions that were in place to, uh, to stop the spread of the coronavirus. And and because everybody fouled, out, fouled up the 2020 negotiations on how to get back to play, it accelerated the growing distrust of the owners uh, by, by the players. And the players only got paid X amount of, it, of their proposed salaries um, uh, based on the, the 60 games uh, that were on the schedule. And look, it is painfully obvious so that the owners are not negotiating in good faith. And, they're try and they tried to get the players to cave in their, into their demands. The players refused. After all, they're, they're the ones to lock out the players. After all, they, they are, like other dishonest organizations, have, have tried to use COVID as an excuse not to pay the players, which has become a weak and childish argument because the American public has had enough of the COVID, of the COVID games in the last two years. And the owner, I think, that, that best summarizes the, the baseball's inability to, uh, to, uh, to roll up their sleeves instead of twirling their thumbs is Dick Montfort, 
the owner of the Colorado Rockies. And I, I've mentioned his name on se- on a couple of occasions before on, on this podcast. But Monfort it, is the owner and CEO of the Colorado Rockies, is also the chairperson of the seven-owner labor committee in Major League Baseball. And he leads the league's direction in the collective bargaining. And he authors much of the proposals that the league puts up in a bargaining setting. But given his history as the owner of the Colorado Rockies and and, 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 get, and given the recent history, him, him being in charge is a bit sketchy for several reasons. Number one, the Colorado Rockies are baseball's most dysfunctional major league organization. They have alienated their fan base over the last couple of years thanks to uh, some mind-numbing trades and, and, and poor roster decisions. And they're unwilling to invest money in great players and they have no structure, they have no direction in the front office. And and within that organization, there is no accountability whatsoever from, from players to coaches to executives and, to, and upper level employees. There is nobody in, in that Colorado Rockies organization that had the balls to say Jeff Riddick was arrogant and ignorant at his job as the general manager. And Monfort has no, no idea and no feel, no clue on how to run a professional franchise. And yeah, he never had a background in baseball before becoming the owner uh, of the Rockies. He is the most stubborn of all the owners. Therefore, he gets the seat as the head of the labor committee. And and since the owners love their money, he, uh, he gets the nod uh, to be stubborn, uh, uh, be as stubborn as possible at the negotiations table. And the owners know that. Heck, he, uh, he, he, uh, he even complained about the obstacles of owning a baseball team, such as paying for security and and compliance with COVID-19 restrictions. That alone should tell you something about about Dick Monfort, who, uh, who, who, uh, who personifies everything so, uh, th- th- about the owners and the owner's reputation acro- across the general public. The, 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 the second party, let's, let's, let's talk about him for a couple of minutes. Rob Manfred. Manfred was selected as the commissioner by the owners back in 2014 on the basis of being their yes man. So he says everything to, uh, to uh, yes to everything the owners want and the, the owners uh, want to introduce or, to, or ban from the game. And this includes eliminating really a fun quotient to the game. The same quotient that is, that is becoming popular among the younger fans and so, but that that but eliminating that quotient makes baseball a lot more boring. Mr. Manfred did not uh, did not offer a single ounce of inspiring leadership uh, d- during this lockout, and uh, and he only arrived in Florida on Friday to try and get a deal done, which uh, which um, was totally pointless. Yeah, he has not done anything uh, other than to be the yes man for the owners and. Major League Baseball is leaderless and out of touch, and that's thanks to to, to Rob Manfred and the, the 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 yes man to greedy, irresponsible owners who just want to look good, spending money on new stadiums funded by by taxpayer money. And this is also the same man that devalued the Commissioner's Trophy as quote a piece of metal, and also the same guy um, who who laughed at his at the press conference yesterday that he had about so about uh, canceling the first week of the season. So, 
So, but but this isn't surprising at all, considering Manfred uh, was the out was the outside counsel within the 1994-95 uh, b- b- baseball shenanigans, and he wasn't much of a valuable resource there either, since it took the Supreme Court and or, and and the courts to, uh, to to make something happen on that front, and. He, he hasn't one bit embraced all of the wonderful and colorful personalities that, that have come up in the last few years, from Fernando Tatis Jr. to, to Juan Soto. And th- third, I, th- I think the, the players' union was in the moral right this whole, this whole time, but th- this is where I'm stunned and disappointed on their front, too. And we, we all experienced the mayhem of 2020 where baseball had an amazing opportunity uh, to, to reboot itself, to rebrand itself uh, as, as America's pastime, so, uh, to win back some of the fans they lost in 1994 uh, by starting their season well ahead of the NBA, the National Hockey League, uh, and, and, and have a monopoly where the where where the the young folks can only watch uh, television, and and do nothing but but stay home to help curb uh, the spread of the virus. And instead, we had a sixty game season where COVID outbreaks ran ran supreme, uh, and the NBA started their season uh, their their bubble season at the same time, and the NHL the playoffs too. Oh, and the NFL started training camps uh, at the same time too. So baseball got a grand total of four days of exclusivity, where they should have gotten four to six weeks of of such time. And the argument of, of public perception became totally pointless when, when when the Korean baseball organization started their games on May fifth. So the so and then the owners wouldn't want to play because of the excuse of COVID and and. and and keeping the money, so, but but this is where I, I think I'm a little disappointed with with the players because the players should have known uh, that the owners weren't weren't going were going to pull off the same nonsense they did back in 1994 and 1995, and they should have warned either the congressional and judiciary uh, committees in the in the House and the Senate uh, because because they're the ones that deal with the antitrust and labor laws. Uh, or the National Labor Relations Board to file a claim of bad faith because the owners weren't going were, weren't going to uh, to negotiate, and uh, 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 the owners weren't going to do an about face for if for eighteen months after the the twenty twenty shenanigans. They 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 should have had a discussion with either members of the board right after the season ended. And giving them either a stern warning that the owners were going to be up to their old antics again. And after all, it did take a future Supreme Court justice to, uh, to give a proverbial, uh, a proverbial FU to the owners uh, to, uh, to, to force the start of the 1995 season. Are players uh, upset with the owners? Of course they should be. That they have every right to. But I do want to quote something from a president who nominated the future Supreme Court justice following a, a financial mess, which is something similar to what baseball is dealing with now. That, that we are in the far midst of crisis is now well understood. Our nation is at war against a far-reaching network of violence and hatred. Our economy is badly weakened, a consequence of greed and irresponsibility on the part of some, 
but also our collective failure to make hard choices and prepare the nation for a new age. The player's inability to compromise and make hard choices and see and see the big picture and the writing through the wall and the collateral damage that would happen if if they didn't get the uh, get a deal done what would do to the game that their inability to see that was beyond foolish too and may, maybe congress should intervene and threaten the neck and threaten uh, to to end the league's anti the league's antitrust exemption uh, that that will come up the next time um, uh, when, when negotiations begin as well, in, presumably in five years, because every uh, collective bargaining agreement uh, is usually for five years. So, but but no expectation on that front there. So so everybody loses, and Major League Baseball has gotten itself into a bloody civil war with no end in sight. Alrighty, let's take a look at some of the things that, that I've seen over the last uh, the last several days in the NBA. And what, one thing that I think really impressed me with is the is the continued elevation of John Morant's game. And to John Morant was was just sensational on Monday night for the Memphis Grizzlies. He dropped fifty two points. On the San Antonio Spurs in a 118-105 victory on Monday night, which it, it's a career high for him, and John Morant's been having a fabulous season. And, and, and any other year, I think he would be in in the MVP frontrunner position, but but he but he shot 73% from the field, 57.1% uh, um, from the free throw line. And and seven rebounds. He w he was making big big shots left and right, and 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 it it was just a sight to behold. And 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 John Morant is is turning out to be the the most uh, the, the best player from that uh, from that highly talented twenty nineteen draft class with the. So with, with 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 Zion Williamson not being able to stay healthy, and Zion Williamson is actually now so uh, an, an issue in the clubhouse as well. He has a personality issue, and uh, JJ Reddick called him out for that, and that that's a really big problem for the Pelicans. And and quite frankly, I shouldn't be surprised. You know, uh, Zion Williamson uh, hinting to the press last year. That, that that he he eventually wanted to play for the New York Knicks. That's not uh, going to fly in in the in the Pelicans world, or unless the the owners actually have a plan or or a grip on the situation. But so but but Zion Williamson has has been a disaster so far with with New Orleans and the and the results speak for themselves. The Pelicans are tied for the last spot in the NBA play-in tournament as, as we speak on Wednesday morning. And and looking around the Western Conference, I I, I think the, but the Lakers, although the, the Lakers have been just an abysmal disaster. And, 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 the, and the shame about it is LeBron James, oh, he's been getting a lot of knack from the media about him not being able to, to win games. Have you seen the roster? That I, I was dead wrong on the Lakers, and but LeBron James is absolutely not the problem with the Los Angeles Lakers. It, it, it's the roster that's been flawed and poorly constructed by 
by Rob Polinka, and say, and he he deserves a lot of blame for the Lakers being in the position that they are right now, and and even if. LeBron James and Anthony Davis are, are, are healthy for the playoffs. Do, do, do you really expect the Lakers to go to go far? So with Anthony Davis not not being healthy the whole year and him not being in the rhythm unlike the other teams so that that are ahead of them in the standings. Heck, the Clippers, the Clippers without Kawhi uh, Kawhi Leonard th- this season, they they are four and a half games better that that than the Lakers are right now. And and that, that that says something if you are if if you are an, an LA basketball fan and say so, and it, you just have to feel sick to your stomach if if you're LeBron James seeing uh, seeing poor management ruin uh, ruin any chances of of, of w- winning championships and then so, and that that's where things stand in, in the West. But now now the Eastern Conference is going to be rather interesting because. Because Brooklyn has gotten demolished by the Raptors last night, they they lost a big there. But so that the Nets do anticipate Kevin Durant coming back for Thursday night's game against Miami. So that's going to be a big boost because I think Kevin Durant that it is one of the two or three best players in the league right now when healthy, and and he can absolutely absolutely take over a game when needed to, and say and and that that's where that that's what would elevate the net. Now, so the 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 New York New York City did announce on Sunday that that a part of the COVID vaccine mandate would be lifted, but but the but the private sector mandate, which which the NBA is considered to be, is still in place. So Kyrie Irving uh, could, could theoretically go uh, to Nets games, but he won't be able to, to suit up for them because he hasn't uh, taken the vaccine. So, so so we'll see if the NBA can get uh, can get clarity on that front when it comes to uh, Kyrie Irving, and and then he and then Kevin Durant went come when when. He comes back after a deal with Ben Simmons, who is recovering from a, from a neck injury or from a back injury, so, and and he'll and he'll probably won't be back for another two weeks. And I think and I think that's pretty uh, on purpose because I don't think Ben Simmons wants to play in the game next week when when the when the Nets play the Seventy Sixers in Philly. And let, let's talk about the 76ers because the 76ers, uh, n- now with James Harden uh, in the fold, and uh, again, it's only a couple of games, but but the 76ers are, are going to be a problem if, if James Harden plays the, the way he has. And that James Harden, Joel Embiid has been excellent uh, all, all, all season. J- James Harden uh, uh, dropped a triple-double in their win over the Knicks on Sunday. Joel Embiid scored 37 on, on on Sunday and and the and the Sixers are going to be back at it again um t- uh, tonight when when they host the Knicks uh, at the well at in Philadelphia so so the, the Knicks have uh, the these Sixers have a lot of opportunities to to, to win games but that this is going to be a, a a fun stretch for the for the 76ers uh, to prove themselves because they're home against the, against the surprising Cleveland Cavaliers on Friday. Then they're at Miami on Saturday. That's going to be an excellent game. I think that's going to be on ABC. 
if, if I'm not mistaken, but I, I think it is. And then, th then they're home against DeMar DeRozan and the Chicago Bulls. But, and then, then they play the Nets on uh, a week from tomorrow. So, I, I, this, this is gonna be a, a, a fun, a fun prove it stretch for, for the James Harden, Joel Embiid led Philadelphia 76ers because. It, it, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a nightmare matchup going up against those two, and and this is why the Sixers needed to uh, to uh, trade for James Harden because they they need a or they needed a a a a a a lead simulator uh, on the court and who actually wanted to play and if Ben Simmons wasn't gonna do it uh, they needed someone else and jo and James Harden has stepped up big time and. And has delivered the goods so far for Philadelphia, and then, and then, how about the Miami Heat? The Heat have been tremendous. Eric Spolstra has uh, has gotten this team well coached and buttoned up on 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 a daily uh, on a nightly basis, and 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 the result is the the Heat have the the best record in in a wide open Eastern Conference. So they had a, a big a big win over the Chicago Bulls on. Uh, on Monday to 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 stretch out their lead a little bit, they now have a two game lead over over Chicago for the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. And and, and look, so th th there are seven teams in the Eastern Conference uh, at the top, separated by six and a half games. You look at uh, the the Chicago, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, that then Cleveland, Boston, the Celtics, the Raptors have been getting, have been starting to gain some momentum a little bit here over the over the last couple of weeks uh, as well. So it, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun race. It's gonna be a fun tracking who gets the seating in the Eastern Conference because the, the seating the seating is going to go a long way in, in determining. Uh, determining how, how well equipped the teams are going to be for for the the playoffs and and the, the and and the playoff runs when they begin um, in the middle of April. So the Eastern Conference, the Western Conference, um, are, are going to be all, all sorts of juicy the next the next few weeks. Now, I I do want to turn to college basketball and. Uh, and and Providence uh, clinched the 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 Big Ten the Big East regular season the title last week and 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 uh, and and I think that's a tremendous story because uh, Providence wins the Big East regular season title for the first time and Ed Cooley has done an out has done a yeoman's job with 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 with, with this team and. And he deserves a lot of credit and praise for how this team is coached, how this team is tough. But but we but but I I said last week last time on this program that I I think Villanova is the team to beat, and Villanova showed why. Uh, in in their game on Tuesday, uh, taking down Providence seventy six to seventy four, and. Uh, at Villanova on Tuesday, so 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 I still believe that Villanova is going to be the team to beat when it comes to, to the Big East tournament next week at the, at the Madison Square Garden because they have the championship pedigree. They're tough. They're clutch. Colin Gillespie, uh, it, he has had uh, some tough moments over the last couple of weeks, but I I still think in a big game he he deserves to be trusted. And and with that regard, I think this uh, the uh, Villanova is in a great spot for 
uh, to, not, to not only win the Big East tournament, but make a potential big uh, big run at, in the NCAA tournament. Because remember, they were uh, a, a top five ranked team before the season started. So, so it's nice to know that Villanova is in the position where they are right now. I do want to turn, the, however, to the Big Ten because because the Big Ten get, got all sorts of spicy uh, in the last couple of weeks, and particularly the incident between Michigan and Wisconsin last uh, last Sunday, where where um, where Wisconsin coach Greg uh, Greg Gard took a timeout with 15 seconds left. Uh, up by 17 with his replacement players in, and listen, I, I have no issue with him taking the timeout because because uh, the the, the in, th- these players haven't haven't been playing in, in in games all season, and 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 the they needed uh, some time out there, and and those players were spooked uh, a, a little bit by the full court press that. Juwan Howard had been dialing up, and then after the game, Juwan Howard took exception to, to that, and 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 he and he got in, into into uh, got into a fight with with the coach with coach Greg Gard, and and Juwan Howard got suspended for five games of for that incident. And I and I thought I I said at the time five games was was fair game, and and that that takes him to the end of the regular season, so. I would have to imagine what would happen, right? If Michigan played Wisconsin uh, at any point next week in the Big Ten tournament, it, it's it's gonna be uh, it's it's gonna be quite juicy. I, I I would have I would have to imagine now, and, and, but I think that incident has really galvanized Wisconsin because well, because when you look at the, the the Big Ten standings right now, Wisconsin. That they, 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 they took down eighth ranked Purdue on on Tuesday night and and, and, as, and as it stands right now um, that Wisconsin is currently the leader in the clubhouse to uh, to, to win the big win the big Ten uh, regular season title and and right now they're playing the best basketball of the year uh, and th- their their guard play has been terrific and and and, th- and and they've been playing well despite fielding small lineups on a, on a, on a on a game by game basis and and that they've been able to overcome that now I, I Wisconsin does does have the guard play as I mentioned but so the, I think that that that's something that might gal- that galvanized Wisconsin that they've won all of their games since that incident, and and, and I think of them being the number one seed in the in the Big Ten tournament. I think that that speaks volumes to Greg Gard and how and how he's taking over this program and and how he's uh now and how he's uh added on and lived out the legacy of of coaches uh, before him like Bo Ryan and, uh, among others so, so Wisconsin deserves a ton a ton of credit uh for for holding their own and finding a way to galvanize themselves into as a, in, into a contender in and and the front runner in the in the Big 10 so, but but now I do also want to go to the Big Twelve because the, the TCU put a hamper on on Kansas's uh, celebrations for for a potential regular season title once again in the Big Twelve. They 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 won uh, at, at host Kansas last uh, last night. 
and and now Baylor is in a position where right now if if Baylor wins um if Baylor wins their next game they're going to so win the Big Twelve tournament uh regular season title actually and Baylor beat Kansas by ten points last week and on on Saturday and it was a game it was Saturday was a day unlike anything the sport had ever seen before because the top six teams in the nation all lost on the same day now now three three of them were viewed as underdogs because the home team almost always uh, get gets a big edge uh, in, in terms of the Vegas lines but 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 Kansas lost Kentucky lost to Arkansas. Um, Gonzaga got blown out by St. Mary's. St. Mary's is now in, in a position to, to, to be a potential five or a six spot in the NCAA tournament. Um, Arizona lost. Um, Duke lost, and and and, and Purdue lost um, as well to um, uh, in, in their games. So. So, so I think Baylor is now in a position to, uh, to win the Big Twelve, and and Kansas and Bill Self, they're not uh, they're if they're gonna have a tough time winning on the road. I don't know how, how that that's gonna fare out in the NCAA tournament because remember they they got they got shellacked uh, last year in the second round. They lost by like thirty points. So this this might be another big uh, another big time Bill Self meltdown, and it, it doesn't bode well if you are a fan. Uh, of the Kansas Jayhawks now, Texas Tech do- does have an outside shot uh, to to be the Big Twelve regular season uh, uh, t- title winner, and 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 I don't know if it's going to happen because I think because I think Baylor is going to take care of business against Iowa State on Saturday, so on on Senior Day. So, but I think a lot needs to be said about that. Uh, but now I also want to touch on the the ACC because because th- this coming Saturday is going to be Coach K's last game coaching, um, uh, his last game coaching at um at Cameron Indoor Stadium, uh, which, which is the site for a, a lot of incredible moments in in the in the history of the, of the Duke basketball program. It's obviously going to be against North Carolina because of course and. ESPN's College Game Day is going to be there uh, for a two-hour special on Saturday about about uh, Coach Krzyzewski. And and it's, it's certainly fitting that he's, he's going up against uh, the team that, he, that he's always uh, gone up against the most with uh, as a fan as a coach at Duke. So. So, so so that that is in, incredible. But uh, but I don't think though. Um, so with with Duke, so I think that they have a one and a half game lead over over Notre Dame. So so a win would guarantee themselves uh, the the um the the, the the big the ACC regular season tournament. And North Carolina has been playing well. Notre Dame has played themselves into into a tournament level team. So I so I think you might have three teams uh, from the ACC, but maybe four, maybe five. But some, but but the reality is that that um, Duke is well ahead of the rest in terms of in terms of the competition, in terms of the strength of record, and 
and and they're and they're two and zero in in games against AP top twenty five opponents. So uh, that 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 is something that that need, needs to be recognized here if you're um if if, if you're a coach case. Now I I also want to uh, touch a little bit. On uh, on the on the on the WCC because because uh, I think Gonzaga is the team that if I was to pick a national title winner right now I would go with Gonzaga because they've been dominating teams left and right and I think that's so that's something that usually builds well for a team that win, 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 that um win, wins games like that but even even though they're 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 uh, they're not as dominant as they were l- last year they got blown out on the road by St. Mary's on uh, on Saturday last week as part so uh, uh, of a of a wild Saturday in college basketball I still th- I'm gonna, I still planning on picking them to win. I st- I think Amar Few is is gonna uh, gonna take them on a deep run. I still think Drew Timmy is going to be a a, a tremendous asset uh, for um for Gonzaga, for Gonzaga. So uh, I I think with with all things considered here, I think um to having a, a team like Gonzaga, I think bodes well for the WCC. Um, going forward here. So now I do want to give a couple of takes on the cup on quarterback situations across the NFL. First, I want to uh, address what I think is is happening, what should happen when it comes to the Aaron Rodgers stuff in Green Bay, and and there 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 is some interesting things that that have come out. With with the Green Bay Packers over the last uh, few days, and uh, Packers general manager Brian Gunica said in a press conference on Tuesday last week that when he and uh, that when he and Aaron Rodgers met over the summer, he didn't promise that Aaron Rodgers would be traded to, to a new team in 2022 if he decided uh, to to do so. Um, this offseason um, and these comments uh, come as Rodgers is making the decision about his future with with with, uh, with free agency beginning in the next couple of weeks and when, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers though he, he's got all the cards um, on his side he, he has um, uh, he has everything to back him up and so, since executives and general managers uh, tend tend to to uh, do well in the nego- in the negotiations, this this relationship will, could could get sour again, and this all stems back to Brian Gutenkus not only drafting Jordan Love, trading up and drafting Jordan Love, ne- never would have done that, and with all the back back and forth last summer about Aaron Rodgers, will, will he stay, will, will, will he report, and, and all of that. And Rodgers' dissatisfaction with, with the franchise of, of, of with, with the Green Bay Packers. And in this instance, Aaron Rodgers has all the leverage in these talks and is calling all the shots because his resume of achievements and, and his value to the franchise uh, speaks for itself and it sells itself. Yeah, he's coming off his fourth MVP season. Only Peyton Manning has 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 won more. He, he is one of the most efficient and talented throwers of the football uh, in in league history, and and the Packers without him, well, 
are are dominated as to when Aaron Rodgers is on the field. They are they're dominant. And look at Jordan Love's disaster in that Week Nine game in Kansas City. And although I don't think uh, although I don't think Rodgers uh, played well, and I think he should get some blame for the loss to the 49ers. Much of the other times, and that it was the defense and the special teams that that let him down on on several occasions and prevented him from going to Super Bowls and 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 really winning more championships of uh, than he is now. So, based on reporting over the last few days, though, I do think. Uh, Rodgers and the Packers want to work out a shorter, uh, more expensive contract. So, so, so if that doesn't happen, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I I want to see how how I get dealt to the Denver Broncos or the Tennessee Titans or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he theoretically could have demanded free agency, and the Packers get get nothing in return. So, but I, I think that Nathan Hackett, who's the new head coach of the Broncos, has a big nest in Denver awaiting him um, if he decides to, uh, to, to, uh, to, to land Aaron Rodgers. And so, so it's time for Aaron Rodgers to e- either make another run at the title for a team that actually does want to win. So another football take I wanted to, to make is is concerns Derek Carr and the Raiders and why I I think Derek Carr should be traded to um by the Las Vegas Raiders and if if I'm the Las Vegas Raiders and you you're, you're seeing the quarterbacks uh, t- teams might be trying to get and and it, it, it you how do you not have a market for for our guy Derek Carr he, he might be the single best available option at the quarterback position all things considered but with with with, with uh, free agent quarterbacks draft quarterbacks for for a team that wants to win in 2022 and the subsequent short term, and especially if his if his asking price is for 35 to 40 million dollars, which is Dak Prescott type of money, so I don't think it's in the best interests of Dave Ziegler and uh, and company to offer an extension because this this Raiders roster is not trustworthy to win in 2022. Given that they had a hard time running the football behind a below-average offensive line, which Mike Mayer gutted last offseason, and that they have areas of need on the defense, and in other words, the Raiders need to inject the the, the roster with, with with some much-needed fresh talent. The Raiders need help at wide receiver, the offensive line, interior defensive line, linebacker, cornerback. That the, they they have multiple deficiencies. On the roster that that they need to address, and 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 so it would behoove the Raiders to stockpile draft picks. So if I'm Dave Ziegler, you need to you need to establish yourself some draft capital for the future, and and the, and the best way to do that in my mind is trading the the, the star quarterback Derek Carr. And let, let's also factor in something I said a minute a couple of minutes ago that there, there are several teams that that, that need new quarterbacks for next for next season, right? And as it stands right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers currently have Mason Rudolph as their slated quarterback one after Ben Roethlisberger retired. The Washington Commanders they have Taylor Heineke as their starting quarterback, and the and who and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after. 
after Tom Brady left Tampa, they now have Blaine Gabbard as their starting quarterback. And if Pittsburgh, Washington, or Tampa trade for Derek Carr, Derek Carr will lead that team to double-digit victories in 2022. And Derek Carr wins you 10 games if you're the Carolina Panthers. But uh, but given that Panthers don't have any draft picks from from rounds two through four, it might not be conceivable for the Raiders to to deal Derek Carr to the Carolina Panthers. And I, I, I'd also bet that, that, that teams would be willing to give up uh, a package that, that features a first-round pick uh, to, uh, to acquire Derek Carr. And it also, it doesn't make sense for me to extend Derek Carr if his, if, if his trade value is at an all-time high. I mean, he won 10 games this season. And he and he got his team to the playoffs. So, but but let's take a look at 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 some of these. He lost to, to the Chiefs last year twice by 27 or more points. 27 points um, at Allegiant Stadium in November, and by 39 points at Arrowhead in December. So and so and it, it, the Raiders are also going to be in the same division as Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. Uh, for the for the foreseeable future, and and I think both of them are better quarterbacks than than Derek Carr. So so uh, they they and then if if Aaron Rodgers gets traded to Denver, then Derek Carr will be number four. And if if the if those if those trade rumors come true, so if, if they trade Derek Carr, they, they they can bring back Marcus Mariota to be the starter and 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 try to drive up his trade value to, uh, to acquire more picks in the future and in terms of quarterbacks available in the draft this year there are there is a couple of good ones when you look at Malik Willis from Liberty when you look at Kenny Pickett from uh, from Pitt and I would love the Steelers to draft either one of those if if they don't do anything in free agency um, at, at the quarterback position. So, but I think next year's draft class in 2023 is, is going to be special considering C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State, Bryce Young out of Alabama, and, 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 and both of them, I think, are going to be great quarterbacks in the National Football League. And I, I think the Raiders need to have a, a new it's a sense of direction with uh with with Ziegler McDaniel's uh, getting players to to buy into a culture and uh, that they need to establish and, and make a winning culture after the failures of Mike Mayock and John Gruden over the last 4 years and actually become a functional franchise again because the Raiders never get enough credit for how dysfunctional of an organization they they really are so, so, so the last one I wanted to to discuss is Kyler Murray, and now Kyler Murray came out with an eye-catching statement on Monday morning from his agent Eric Burkhardt that said he wants to be the Cardinals' quarterback long term and wants to win a championship. After reports came out saying he was self-centered, immature, and a 
finger pointer. Now, th I think there are a lot of, of things wrong with this. One is the timing, as the NFL scouting combine is this week in Indianapolis, and lots of general managers, scouts, coaches, executives, prospects, and the media will be in one place at the same time, and that is Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. And yeah, he, he, he also um, said in his press conference that actions speak louder than words. Well, let's talk about Kyler Murray's actions. Uh, because after being the number one overall pick, the play on the field down the stretch each of the last two seasons after a strong start speaks for itself. In, in, in 2020, the, the Cardinals started 7-3 and three, but wound up uh, missing the playoffs after losing of five of the last six games. The other, they started seven and zero, and they got blown out by the eventual Super Bowl champions in the wild card game. And I think Kyler Murray is clueless, and and he and he is probably not going to get it as the leader and as number one draft pick for the Arizona Cardinals. And that the Cardinals are the ones that 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 have were. That, that gave Kyler Murray a stronger roster when you look at, so at, at, at the draft selections, when you look at the DeAndre Hopkins trades, uh, br br bringing, in vet, bringing in seasoned all-pro vets like A.J. Green and J.J. Watt. The Cardinals have an excellent roster, and Steve Kahn deserves a lot of credit for building that up. But so, but if Kyler Murray do doesn't wind up uh, panning out, and I don't think, and I don't see any reason to believe that, uh, it, it, that it will if if his if his attitude doesn't change, the, the things have to wonder why, uh, why I think the Arizona Cardinals are might might be stuck in the mud because the Cardinals have an outstanding opportunity, uh, to uh, to, uh, to to go to go ahead and do something special next year given given the, the weakness of the conference with, so with Green Bay, uh, Tampa, uh, with. In, uh, with their their futures uncertain, not much going on in those divisions or the NFC East with, so with with Dallas not having much competition for that division. So 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 they they have a chance now with with San Francisco in quarterback limbo, with the Rams being defending champions and 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 a lot of and some futures undecided there. The Cardinals have this amazing opportunity with the roster they have to. Uh, to build uh, to most potentially win a championship if if they if they play the off season right, but if if Kyler Murray isn't gonna uh, isn't gonna be the, the leader he uh, he he needs to be to get the Cardinals to where they need to be, I think this is gonna be a complete waste of time when you look at so uh, when you look at the Arizona Cardinals and once again it's uh, he n n never will get it as a leader in in the in the NFL. And speaking of the Arizona Cardinals, th this is breaking news that came in on uh, on Wednesday morning that the Cardinals agreed to terms on contract extensions with Steve Kime, the general manager, and head coach Cliff Kingsbury. And I love this for Steve Kime. He he he's the architect. Of the Cardinals having a having a stronger roster than they had a, f a few years ago, and he deserves every single penny of whatever the Arizona Cardinals are giving him on the on their latest contract extension. Because so because if you, if you have a, a bright mind like Steve Kime and and the Cardinals ha had had a, c a couple of legit general manager candidates 
um, in in their in their front office as well. You look at Adrian Wilson and what he was able to do. So and and the, the list might go uh, on and on and on. But so but 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 for for him bringing in guys and drafting well, I, I think Isaiah Simmons has been playing playing better. I think. Yeah, uh, Kyler uh, uh, Murray. Even though he's had his shortcomings, uh, he, uh, you you can't fault him for drafting the talent. Uh, it's it's just a personality issue with 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 Kyler Murray. So as uh, so, I I think Steve Kime has done a tremendous job, and he deserves a contract extension. Now, I I think uh, I think if I was to make a take on on Cliff Kingsbury before uh, before this news. I, w- I would have said that I don't think Cliff Kingsbury would survive if the, if the Cardinals uh, don't win a playoff game next year. But now that he's got a contract extension, now that the Cardinals trust him, uh, trust him to lead the franchise going forward, I, I think that takes uh, takes some pressure off of him, and and he, they can act, he can actually focus on coaching football and and and, stick, and scouting players and and. And evaluating players instead of having to worry about a potential hot seat. So I thought the Cardinals did did a wise thing today, uh, 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 g- g- giving them contract extensions. And, and the Arizona Cardinals just announced that we have reached an agreement on contract extensions with Steve Kime and head coach Click Kingsbury. Each is now under contract with the team. They announced. Through the 2027 season, so wow, so this six six more years, uh, with 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 Kime and with Kingsbury, so they're, they're putting a whole lot of trust in in them. I think my, Michael Bidwell said, um, in in a press release that the leadership of Steve and Cliff have been key factors in the team's turnaround over the last three seasons, and. And now you think this this changes something about Kyle Murray potentially getting the contract extension as well, and and we'll have to see how how this news changes things regarding the Kyle Murray situation. But but I think Kyle Murray's prospects on on uh for for the future are a lot stronger now give uh than they were um just. Just a couple of hours before this news, uh, before this news was released, so 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 I, so I think Kyler Murray's uh, he still need needs needs to work on his personality. He still needs to work on uh, actually winning football games. But but if I if I'm if I'm Kyler Murray, I think this this is a big time win. So uh, it's a, a for sake for for getting the long term contract extension. So. With that, with that in mind, that that'll do it for this edition of Hooked on Sports. It is glad, uh, glad to be back here uh, on the podcast after a much needed week of of detoxing from from, from what really was a a, a um it's a, an incredible workload uh, of podcasts. So now we 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 can take it easy uh for, for a while and let's see if we can actually get get some baseball for crying out loud and. And it it is a, a pain in the neck for 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 everybody involved with Major League Baseball. So uh, until next week, this is John Flynn saying so long, and I'll be back uh, back with you next week. Have a wonderful week, everybody.